Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. Hi, I'm Harry Lippman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Fed's favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond, plus sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Postmates for supporting Mueller, she wrote. You need to eat, but you can't stop what you're doing to deal with it. And the only fast things that deliver are not what you want. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app today and use code AG. And thanks to Beta Brand for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Who says comfy can't be work appropriate? Beta Brand wants you to look good and feel good, even at the office. So go to betabrand.com slash AG, all lowercase, and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants today. And thanks to Legacy Box for supporting Muller, she wrote. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com slash AG to get started. And for a limited time, they're offering you an exclusive discount. That's LegacyBox.com slash AG to get 40% off your first order. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. 
I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me as always is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Guys, how was your week? Good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Also good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a new question. It was good. Yeah, it was a little rainy. Um, yeah, well, it was. yeah, just a little though. But we get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this is winter in San Diego. It's not too bad. <laughs> no, we're like it's like negative ninety six or something in mm-hmm. Chicago, and we're like eh, it rained a little. It's yeah. kind of cold. Sometimes I feel refreshed. <laughs> Clean in the ground. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> we, I did. I had a good week. Uh, I watched a lot of testimony though, and I, I vomited at the Republicans on that committee, especially Jim Jordan, a guy who aided and abetted a colleague in the molestation of young boys, acting all smug and preaching way above his brain grade, um, which is like acting above your pay grade, except when you're trying to seem smarter than you are. You know these guys, right? They learn a word and then use it a hundred times in a day, um, but then say something like supposedly, and then <laughs> and then try to cook their finances by converting PDFs to Word documents and fucking up the formatting, all while mansplaining to us about what we're actually experts in. Yeah, those people. So I watched the testimony, but I had to mute those parts i really did uh i can't handle their misplaced bravado it's like they're date raping my ears but aside from that my week was amazing good all right guys it's time for corrections it's a mistake it's hard for me to say i'm sorry oh i made a mistake Nobody's perfect, least of all us. So uh, last week I said Agnew was prosecuted in the Southern District of New York when it was Baltimore. Baltimore, 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 home of the Ravens. And uh, I knew that, so I apologize for conflating those two things. I guess I just had SDNY on the brain because there's talk that they might indict the, the president. <laughs> so they were stuck in my, in my head. Uh, then I said the insurance fraud claims that Cohen had mentioned. I was envisioning Cohen trying to set fires to Trump properties, <laughs> which made me laugh because I imagined him trying over and over and failing and then maybe falling down and getting covered in gasoline or something. Just the whole comedic, bumbling, klutzy idiot scene. But you guys all forwarded me, thank you, the 2005 story about insurance fraud where Trump claimed hurricane damage um, excessively. And that could be the case, but... In his testimony this week, it was Cohen who said he had documentation that Trump was overvaluing his properties and assets to insurance companies so he could pay less than he should. So I think that might be the insurance claim fraud that uh, we're talking about. But that's not really a claim. That's more like a pre-setup mm-hmm. fraud. I don't know. But he probably broke 20 laws. <laughs> it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. Unconceivable. New word usements. Uh, then... <laughs> When talking about Flynn not being fired by Trump, but actually probably leaving on his own, I pondered how long before he left the White House he may have been cooperating with Mueller, but I should have said the FBI because Mueller wasn't even born yet. (laughs) Um, No, he was born. He just hadn't been appointed yet. So I guess I have a hard time picturing a 
a, a world before Mueller. Um, then I said Acosta, the a-hole that gave Jeffrey Epstein his sweetheart deal. Um, I said he was the AG in Florida, but he was actually the U.S. attorney. So thank you for that correction. And finally, I botched the pronunciation of the Swedish Democrat Party, which is super right wing while we were talking about global authoritarianism. So I'll give it another go and say Swedig Demokraterna. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how you have to add that at the end. That's beautiful, AG. Thank you. Uh, with corrections out of the way, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't warn you that tickets to our live events at the Miracle Theater in D.C. March 29th with Natasha Bertrand and Katie Fang are nearly sold out. Uh, there are a few tickets left at our live show at the Bell House in Brooklyn with Matthew Miller and a special guest yet to be named on March 30th. I think the Largo in Los Angeles is sold out. Um, that's with Elizabeth Cronise McLaughlin from Resistance Live. Uh, and another very special guest. So, uh, guys, uh, if you know, grab them or reap the sads. Uh, but if you miss if you miss these shows, we've added a June show at the Historic Parkway Theater in Minneapolis. More details to follow. We'll cook something up for our patrons for that show too, because you're special. Uh, speaking of patrons, we are now almost at seven thousand, and uh, we're currently working hard on a new show called The Daily Beans. If you're a patron of Muller She Wrote, not only will you get all the bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, the newsletter, my show notes, my show notes, access to the closed Facebook group, and the Fantasy Indictment League, um, first listen to our book club episodes, pre-sale and VIP discounts on live events, and free merch, just lots of stuff. Um, you will, aside from that, you will automatically become a patron of the Daily Beans, and you'll be on the ground floor of that show, brand new show. So no matter what massive network deal goes down, you'll be grandfathered in, uh, wishful thinking, uh, as an original patron with all the rights, privileges, and responsibilities thereunto appertaining. <laughs> so become a patron at patreon.com slash wrote. Do it now. And finally, we're working on releasing our book club episodes, uh, including Russian Roulette, uh, our review of A Higher Loyalty by Jim Comey and our review of Fear by Bob Woodward. We're currently reviewing The Threat by Andrew McCabe for patrons only starting this Thursday. Uh, once that series is complete and our patrons have had time to soak them up ad-free, we'll put that series out too. So we'll keep you posted as we work on releasing those for you. Today, big news week. Today, Jaleesa, you're going to talk about the indictment of Bibi, Bibi Netanyahu. <laughs> and Jordan, you have an update on Jeffrey Epstein. What a great dude. <laughs> Fart noise. And uh, I'll be talking about the House Dems. So uh, first, let's get to the Mueller news with just the facts. All right, guys, all the way back to the weekend. As we were recording last week, the Manafort sentencing memo from Mueller was approved and released by the court in the D.C. case. Don't forget, he's already been recommended by Mueller to serve 19 and a half to 24 and a half years in Virginia. So this was a 25 page document with over 800 pages of additional material, most of which has been redacted. Uh, it appears there are no new charges in here, but that doesn't mean there weren't more crimes. Uh, after speaking extensively to some legal experts, prosecutors are not only the stewards of justice, they're the stewards of the taxpayer. And if they believe someone is already going to jail for the rest of their natural life, they may decide to ease the burden of the taxpayer and not bring additional charges on all crimes, spend our money to investigate more crimes. We know that Manafort pleaded guilty to only two counts in the D.C. case, and that's because he made a deal. Uh, he would have been charged with more, I'm sure. But having breached that deal means uh, he's susceptible to being charged not only with whatever crimes prosecutors didn't charge him with in exchange for his cooperation, but those 10 charges that were hung in crazy-ass Honey Badger Judge Ellis's case and any future crimes not covered in either case, such as crimes of collusion. But just because they're not charged here doesn't mean they won't be spelled out elsewhere, either in the Mueller report or from congressional Dems subpoenaing the information. 
Uh, the demand from the public, I think, is too high for them not to tell us about it and tell us all, you know, everything that happened. So look for that. Um, it, it just might not come in the package we were hoping, which um, were those superseding or additional criminal charges in the Manafort case. So the sentencing guidelines say five to 10 years in the D.C. case, but Mueller did not recommend his uh, D.C. and Virginia sentences be served concurrently or consecutively. He's leaving that up to the court. Uh, we will find out Manafort's fate March 7th for Virginia, March 14th for the District of Columbia. MySpace means he'll get consecutive sentences, one for five years and one for 12 years for a total of 17. And uh, there's no possibility of parole in federal prison. So Manafort is... Fucked. Fucked. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to buy the ringtone for fucked, done by uh, the Voices of Our City Choir, go to wherever you buy ringtones, search for Manafort is dot dot dot, and all proceeds go to the Voices of Our City Choir here in San Diego, Homeless Choir. Really awesome uh, work that they're doing. So thanks to those guys. I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors! Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. So, Renato, do you still have your own podcast? Yeah, it's complicated. What's so complicated about a podcast? That's the name of the podcast, remember? Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news? You bet. But we'll have a new name because we're going to be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news. Working together? Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember? Oh, right. Wait. Does that mean our podcast is going to have a steam mop segment? Let's not get carried away. But we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as YouTube. All right, Monday, BuzzFeed got a hold of Trump's memo appointing Matthew fucking Whitaker and says it raises more questions for us about when he actually took over the DOJ than it answers. This is the Trump White House, so of course nothing can ever be clear or correct. But the White House and the Justice Department have previously declined to turn over the appointment memo, but BuzzFeed got it in a Freedom of Information Act request. Uh, the memo shows that Trump appointed Whitaker to acting uh, attorney general at least a day later than officials previously said was the case. As stated, the Department of Justice repeatedly declined to make the memo public, and now it seems we know why, because it raises more questions than it answers. As we know, Trump fired Sessions via letter um, that was released November 7th. That letter was dated November 7th, and Trump tweeted the same day that Matthew fucking Whitaker would take over as acting until a replacement was confirmed by the Senate. The memo is dated uh, November 8th and doesn't make clear when Sessions was out and when Whitaker's appointment began. Usually a memo like that will say this ends 11.59 p.m. on this date and therefore midnight this date, this starts. So Sessions left the 7th. The Whitaker appointment letter was dated the 8th, but the Department of Justice didn't mark receipt of that letter until November 13th. 
The problem with that, the problem, <laughs> is that Whitaker started doing shit before the memo was stamped received by the Department of Justice. Like, he and Kristen Kirsten Kirsten Nielsen um, issued the asylum limitations at the southern border in that time frame. This is all part of an open and ongoing investigation into the appointment of Whitaker, who will be returning to Congress to, quote, clear up his bullshit testimony. According to the Washington Post, Nadler said Tuesday that Whitaker voluntarily agreed to come back and speak with the House Judiciary Committee behind closed doors. A date has not yet been set, but you better believe we'll be watching those beans. So stay tuned. We learned uh, the day before that announcement that the House Judiciary believes it has evidence that Matthew fucking Whitaker was asked by Trump whether Berman would unrecuse himself to oversee the Southern District of New York investigations against him. So now they want to know if Whitaker lied to the judiciary. <laughs> they want to know if Whitaker lied to the Judiciary Committee when he when he said that at no time did Trump ask him for anything regarding the Mueller probe or any other investigation. So well, that's a little mm. weird to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it would. On one hand, it almost would. I know that like it looks bad and stuff, but asking it's almost illogical to say that they didn't ask you about any sort any of the cases i guess sort of right you would imagine the president would want to have some sort of litmus test i guess and a direct way would be to ask about the cases yeah and and i don't understand why what are you trying to cover up yeah right that's it seems like he's trying to cover something up unless it is against policy to do that and i don't know if it is that i would say that mm-hmm. if it were against policy i would i would hold the policy right up in front of my face and say it says here this is the policy. Um, I mean, that's that's the whole concept in the government of CYA. We call it cover your ass. If there's a memo or a policy or something, you have it in your hand before anybody asks you any questions about what you did or what you're going to do so that you have either that Office of General Counsel advice or ethics um, advice or OPM or legal count, whatever it is, um, you have that, you know, policy in your hand when people start asking questions. Yeah. And if you're really good at the game, you get to make the policy first and then do whatever you want. Yeah. That's and, how you and do it. your ass is covered. <laughs> Neil Katyal in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Writing policy. Kicking ass. I don't know. Uh, it just sounds like a weird movie trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Writing policy. Kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, Muller Junkies, we want to thank Postmates for supporting Muller She Wrote. Other than your absolute best friend or maybe your hubs, uh, who could you actually ask to bring you red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9, and like a breakfast burrito at 8 in the morning? Postmates. That's it. They're the ones. They're your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery service, and it's all year round. 365, you know... 24-7, provided that the establishment's open. Uh, no more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. So download the app now for iOS and Android for free and browse local restaurants and businesses near you and then track your deliveries. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you want and they do it usually within an hour. Anything you're craving, they can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the known universe. Um, known universe is the key there with more than 25,000 partners and merchants Uh, I use it all the time I absolutely love it if I'm just too busy to cook or I'm too busy to go out to the store and get something because I'm writing or I just got back from work or just got back from the gym I use Postmates all the time I absolutely love it and the great thing about it is that it's fast food but you can get healthy things from whichever merchant you want yeah, I love that I can get it on a rainy day and just be lazy inside. And yeah. Just relax and yeah. just magically have food appear at my door. 
totally to have a storm because we've been having some rain here and then just to get some ramen delivered to you some just delicious it's uh. hot and perfect and it was easy and treat yourself you deserve to treat yourself you know treat yourself so guys for a limited time postmates is giving you 100 dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start your free deliveries download the app today and use code ag that's code AG for $100 off, a free delivery credit for your first seven days. Save the hassle, get the food you love, and get it fast at Postmates with code AG. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back. So, uh, this week, Russian gun twat Maria Butina had a hearing and her sentencing is being delayed another month because she's still cooperating with prosecutors. She will remain in custody. And since her sentencing recommendation is zero to six months, she'll likely get time served because she's been in jail since July. Um, Prosecutors have handed her passport over to ICE so they can expedite her deportation back to Russia when she's released. And we'll get another status update on March 28th. So that's kind of like, I can't tell. I haven't, I don't know if she wants to go back to Russia or not and how they're going to receive her. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go if I were her. I mean, we saw what happened to Nastya Rybko when she landed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Butina didn't make a hold to do about it, though, like Rybko did. So maybe that will kind of save her. But she did get caught. And if Putin is anything like Trump, he doesn't like losers. <laughs> or rats. Mm-hmm. And she's been fully, yeah, mostly rats. fully that's, cooperating that's <laughs> with, with us. And, and we know she's Kremlin connected. So... Mm. I don't I I wouldn't feel good about it. I'd be like, you can send me to anywhere else, literally. I'll go gladly Canada. Mm. Yeah. Does Putin have children? I don't know if he's a human yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's like Butina is his daughter that maybe he just released out to go try her best to see disarray and chaos and then she can just come home and it's like you tried it might be part of it we're like you can go ahead and cooperate we just wanted to fuck shit up Mm -hmm. just come on back we love you for trying yeah i mean because they're pretty untouchable basically all the time except with sanctions that they're constantly trying to just get removed anyway so they just don't give a fuck really uh let's see vladimir putin does have two daughters Mm. yekaterina and maria Putina. That's really funny. Yes. It's Maria Putina. <laughs> oh, is it? It is. That's cute. Interesting. I, I do think that's adorable. Mm. Are there photos of her? Oh, it doesn't look anything like her. I just love how the first name was like really hardcore and badass and it's like Maria. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And yeah. Bob. Yeah. Yes. That was just a joke. For a journalistic integrity, I'm not seriously suggesting Maria Putina is Putin's long lost bastard daughter. Kind of like how we were positing that Katie Hicks was yes. one of the abortions that got away for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Hope Hicks? Yeah. Remember, oh. we were like, maybe she's his daughter. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he wants to sleep with her. Okay. Um, then Tuesday, abortion that got away. That's terrible. Um, but it's funny. And then Tuesday... <laughs> Mueller wins again in the Court of Appeals uh, when they found in his favor in the Andrew Miller case. As we all know, Miller asked the court to hold him in contempt, which it did, so he could appeal the constitutionality of the Mueller probe. The Republicans hail Mary last ditch effort to stop the investigation and they lost again. So much winning. Uh, Miller now faces jail if he doesn't testify to the Mueller grand jury, though he can appeal the decision en banc, which means to the full panel of judges on the appeals court, or he can appeal to SCOTUS, but uh, put some beans on neither of those courts hearing this case and Miller being forced to testify. Keep in mind, 
Miller is a Stone associate, so we can rightly expect more indictments for Stone if the grand jury finds it has enough evidence to bring charges. Keep in mind, he's not been indicted for any crimes of conspiracy or aiding and abetting in the Russia probe, so it's likely about that. Um, Yeah. Uh, The House voted this week 245 to 182 to block Trump's national emergency declaration. The Senate now has 18 days to vote on the resolution, which Turtle Dick Mitch is not allowed to block (laughs) because the law requires the Senate to vote. Does he have the dick of a turtle or like how does this work? I'm just imagining his dick being like a like a turtle turtle erection kind of like comes out like a turtle sort of. I thought that's that's very graphic. Is that what you meant? I don't know. I it just felt right. It just had nice alliteration. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It makes me think of the the video of the turtle humping the shoe. Yeah. Really paints a picture for me. Yeah. I do really apologize for the mental images I (laughs) made. Yeah. Yeah. No. Me too. I just did it way worse. Yeah. You just described it for everyone. Everyone did. (laughs) You can't unsee that now. You're welcome. Or unthink it, unimagine it. Uh, anyway, they have 18 days, and he can't stop it. Mitch can't stop it. Trump will likely veto it. It's the first time he'll veto anything. And I don't think enough Republicans will support overriding that veto in the Senate. So we'll have to rely on the lawsuits, uh, in which they will likely play his Rose Garden speech, where he said he didn't have to declare an emergency, but he wanted the money faster. Um, not to mention, there's no actual evidence that there's any emergency at the border other than Trump's own family separation policy, where thousands of children are missing. Many of them have reported sexual abuse. How many? It was a lot. 4,556, I think. Holy crap. Are there yeah. that many? Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's I feel like there's is that I don't even you know what? It's a lot. Um, damn, that's a lot. Ugh, Wednesday. Uh, NBC News wanted to make sure we all knew Weisselberg, the Trump org CFO, is not cooperating, as some news outlets have suggested. Uh, Three people in the know have said that Weisselberg has provided limited testimony and he received limited immunity for that limited testimony uh, to the federal grand jury in New York about the hush money conspiracy that Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, is going to prison for that Trump himself participated in. So a note from NBC Weisselberg is not cooperating. Uh, Kushner, good old Kush, met with the Saudis this week, as anticipated, to discuss building a bomb. I mean, Mideast peace talks. <laughs> uh, Kush met with uh, Mohammed Bonesaw on Tuesday in Istanbul. And it's his first face-to-face with MBS since he ordered the murder of Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi. As we know, Trump is in violation of the Magnitsky Act right now, the second, for failing to report to Congress about his plan regarding the murder of the journalist by the Saudi crown prince. And in true Trump fashion, we have no idea what, if any, elements of the peace plan are between Israel and the Palestinians. Kush also is visiting uh, UAE, Oman, Bahrain, and Qatar. That's his 666 Fifth Avenue sugar daddy. And uh, Erdogan in Turkey. As we reported in recent weeks, Trump is still trying to cobble together the Mideast Marshall Plan to build reactors in Saudi Arabia, guard them with U.S. military installations, and, quote, recolonize the region in an effort to hand over nuclear bomb technology to the Saudis. Awesome. <sighs> I, I, I'm so glad that the House is looking into this, by the way. Yeah, it's our only hope, really. It, it is. You are our last hope. <laughs> if you're into Galaxy Quest. Uh, then the Attorney General in D.C. <laughs> I you credit the impression. <laughs> well, um, I didn't write it, so. The uh, Attorney General in D.C., the D.C. ag, subpoenaed the Trump inaugural. 
Uh, According to the Washington Post, Carl Racine, the Democrat attorney general in the District of Columbia, has officially subpoenaed documents from Trump's inaugural committee. The subpoena was issued this Tuesday and carries a deadline of March 29th. (laughs) March is crazy busy. The subpoena is in addition to a sweeping request uh, for documents, a subpoena from federal prosecutors in the Southern District of New York and the state attorney general from New Jersey. So the inaugural now faces three demands for documents. Uh, Racine's subpoena indicates he's going to be looking into possible violations of D.C. regulations governing nonprofits, specifically whether or not Trump enriched himself at the expense of his inaugural fund, which is a nonprofit. We'll keep you posted on all criminal and civil cases against the Trump inaugural. So, mm. Three now. Damn. Cool. <laughs> uh, I have a question yeah. regarding the Fantasy Indictment League. Can the inaugural be a separate pick from, you know, org or, you know. Oh, you mean like to actually indict the Trump inaugural fund? Correct. Yeah, that's an entity that could be indicted. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to be indicted. Don't steal my idea. <gasps> we'll uh, see who goes hmm. first. That's Come true. On, I think it's me this week. Fate will tell us. Damn, I'm last. I'm doing it. No, I already have. I already have some. I make my own luck. <laughs> you do it, uh, guys. We have an update in the secret subpoena battle between Mueller and the company from Country A, which we think is the Cutter Investment Authority. At least I do. Either that, or it's VEB or VTB. Those two banks in Russia. We learned this week that they've racked up $2.25 million in contempt fines since they were found in contempt of court. Damn. They're the $50,000 a day ones. Yes. A court order this week indicates that their $50,000 a day penalty for contempt could be boosted to accrue at a higher rate in the future, saying the government reserves the right to request an escalation of the contempt fines. Lawyers for the secret company from Country A have mounted a totally ineffective, completely illusory case against Mueller's team, essentially arguing that they are exempt from a subpoena because they're a foreign state-owned entity, and if, if they complied with the subpoena, they'd be in violation of laws of whatever country they're from. As of yet... There appears to be no movement on behalf of prosecutors to collect the fine, except that they were granted a motion to seize U.S. property belonging to the company. Remember, they have a U.S.-based office that does, quote unquote, significant business. Uh, And that's currently um, there. This company is currently now petitioning SCOTUS uh, Supreme Court to hear their appeal, complaining that Mueller is assaulting their sovereign dignity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A decision from SCOTUS is likely within the next month. My beans are, they say, either... We'll hear it and you'll lose or we're not even listening. Yeah. yeah. Their pride will be the death of them. Yes. My <laughs> sovereign dignity. Right. That's a bit like heady for a law. There's a little bit much assumed in those words. <laughs> it's like, uh, it is, right? It feels like a some sort of corporate privilege mm-hmm. situation. Right. Like the sovereign part? Sure. That's a law word. Dignity? No, not really. That's a little bit <laughs> up in the air, I think. I lost my dignity. Yeah. That's yeah, too bad. Um, hmm. Well, Thursday, we learned from the New York Times that Mueller's team got some exculpatory evidence in the Manafort case from Rick Gates about Manafort's meetings with Kalimnik. Exculpatory means proves he's innocent. Um, so good stuff for Manafort. Uh, Gates came to him and said, hey, I, this, by the way, this. And and he went and took it to the court because that's his job. He has to provide exculpatory evidence to the court. Rick Gates can do that? Yeah. Why? Doesn't that seem weird? Well, like if something popped up that somebody said or he had just seen or he hadn't thought of before, he could say, oh, I actually have evidence on behalf of Manafort for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he's involved enough to where he shouldn't be able to like share evidence with him. Well, he's giving it to Mueller. 
Oh. And then Mueller shared it with the court. Got it. I thought you said mm-hmm. Manafort's defense presented it. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, they gave it to... Uh, Got it. Sorry. They gave My it to bad. Mueller. Mueller gave it to the court because he has to. Uh, we don't know the details about the evidence. It was submitted, as I said, by the Mueller team to the court, but the court ordered that the evidence has no bearing on the decisions the court has already made in the Manafort case about his lying to prosecutors and breaching his plea agreement. It's unclear whether or not this new evidence could influence the sentencing for Manafort, which, as we said before, takes place March 7th for the Eastern District of Virginia with crazy-ass Honey Badger Ellis and March 14th in D.C. by Judge Amy Berman. Um, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. In other Manafort news, his defense team filed a response to the Mueller sentencing memo uh, Monday night, arguing that Manafort has been unfairly targeted by the Mueller team and should get less than the 10 years recommended in the D.C. case. The filing might as well have just said no collusion, really big on every page, because <laughs> this document, it, they, they, they must have said no collusion in it like 20, 30 times. Um, so this document is clearly a bid for a pardon. It's just got one audience member, and that's Trump. Manafort's lawyer, um, his lawyers didn't ask for a number of years, but said he should receive a sentence substantially below the maximum, saying, quote, this case isn't about murder or drug cartels or organized crime or a Madoff Ponzi scheme or the collapse of Enron or anything like that. Uh, And then they said about him lying during cooperation that he should get credit for accepting responsibility for lying during cooperation. (laughs) And then they argued if Mueller had never been appointed, there's a good chance Manafort wouldn't have faced criminal charges, saying that since Mueller didn't charge him with collusion with the Russians, they should go easy on him. Wow. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. They can't do this in the other case because his plea agreement, breaking his plea agreement, disallows him to argue for Mm. uh, against the sentencing recommendation. But this one, it's just a big love letter to Trump. Please pardon me. There was no collusion here. I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not like I murdered anyone or did an Enron thing. Right. I got to say A for effort. And that it gives me an idea. We could sell like little stamps that say no collusion. We can just stamp on on paper, like <laughs> confidential, you know. Um, so I like that. Would you? Who, who, yeah. Who, anybody want a no collusion stamp? Yeah. <laughs> um, I turn it in on my homework. No collusion. <laughs> on everything. Just very insecure about your dignity. My checks. Your yeah, my sovereign, sovereign dignity. dignity. You insult my sovereign. No dignity. collusion when writing my rent check. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, almost Yoda. Yes. But basically what they're doing then is saying that you're giving us such harsh sentencing because your motivation is political and you're punishing us for something that's unrelated to the actual charges. Right. To some or degree. Kind of. Yeah. Or or I, I felt in like it seemed more like they were arguing you didn't find any collusion. So and that's what Mueller's job is to look for. So this is just all incidental, mm-hmm. terrible fe- federal felonies uh, that carry huge sentences. But he shouldn't get all that time because if Mueller didn't even exist, he'd be still getting away with crimes. Right. <laughs> and it also sounds like he's suggesting that they'll impose the maximum length of the sentence when it's those more carnal crimes, I guess, like By murder. Manu, yeah. Yes. He didn't say rape. So maybe there's something that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> and Ron made That makes off. sense. Rape would be included in the charges that don't typically get sentenced to their full degree. That would make sense. But his crimes are exactly like in the same ilk of Madoff and Enron, just super rich, privileged a-holes getting extra greedy and, and 
bilking the taxpayers. Definitely. It, it's like, how do you not? Like, yeah. This isn't like other white collar crimes. This is whitey white, extra white collar crime. <laughs> right. And so he should get less time. And that rhymes. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's like a, a moral discrepancy sort of in people's heads about if someone gets charged for a white collar crime versus a blue collar crime. Like some good old murder. Just some classic murder. They classic think, B&E. Right. Yeah. It's like getting getting sentenced to prison seems to be more of an eye of an eye punishment. Whereas if you commit an act of like a white collar nature, it's like... All I did was type in some different numbers, you know, it's not that bad. And then it has to like, it, but it has to translate into something. Yeah. And it's a physical thing like that. It's unbelievable what he thinks he should be able to get away with. And and just that whole, if man, if if Mueller was never appointed, I'd have got, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those pesky Mueller people, <laughs> if it weren't those pesky angry Democrats. Oh, I exactly. wish you were never born, Mueller. <laughs> Like, holy, wow, that he's like, I would have just kept on grifting if he would never have existed. And I think that's kind of his main point. His main point is like, hey, man, he was supposed to look at collusion with Russia. I didn't do any of that. He happened to find all these other things that I did. That's not fair. I should get less time. Yeah. Yeah. You're not accidentally finding other people's crimes. (laughs) Yeah. Which they are. I imagine that happens all the time. (laughs) People weren't accidentally the fucking campaign chair for a fucking lunatic fraud criminal rapist a-hole. So, you know, pick your battles. Finally, we learned Friday that Michael Flynn will be the star witness in the trial of his colleague Bijan Kian. Michael Flynn, who left the White House uh, to cooperate with the FBI investigation into Trump Russia, will be the principal witness in the upcoming trial for his lobbying partner. And we know this because of the flood of requests from Bijan Kian's legal team asking for all statements, transcripts, notes, records and memoranda from federal prosecutors that relate to anything Flynn said to any agent, employee, representative or elected official of the U.S. government. Uh, Keon was charged with working as an unregistered agent of the Turkish government, and he has pleaded not guilty. His trial is set to begin in July in the Eastern District of Virginia. That'll be fun to watch. Even though he had he had asked to delay the trial, we reported this. Remember, he's like, hey, my daughter's getting married. Can we do it in the fall? Oh, when's your daughter getting married? First week of August. All right, trial's in July. Damn it. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. It's a really long wedding that takes place from now until September. Right, we're going to celebrate for like three months. Yeah, it's like... How I do my I'm birthday. going on the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, let, late breaking news today, actually. Simona Mangiante, Papa Dops Boatho, is set to testify to the Senate March 11th. God. And she tweeted about it. I'm happy much to send Senate testify March 11th. I want to watch that for sure. I know, right? March yeah. is popping. I'm excited. I want accent experts. Like, you know how in Hollywood we have people who will do uh, train you on how to do an accent? I want those experts to, like, listen to her talk and tell me where the F she's from. I mm-hmm. don't think it's Italy. I really don't think it's Italy. Yeah. Do you know what the specific line of questioning is going to be, sort of? It's, I'm or sure it's just going to be about Papa Dop. It's, it's Senate, so it's Republican-controlled. Um, so it'll pro- there'll probably be a lot uh, when the when the Republicans are asking questions. It's probably going to be like trying to downplay Papadopoulos's role in this whole thing and mm-hmm. how uh, there were plants in the FBI uh, to come after him. I, I don't know if she's mad at him right now or not. Cause she if, was a while ago. Because if he's cheating on her, she might that I'm, that would definitely influence her testimony. She seems like a to kind of go in with the wind kind of lady. Right, go so. with her instinct. Who do you think is going to play her on SNL? I'm thinking Cecily Strong. 
Uh, <laughs> seems likely. No, she's blonde, so she, I think it'll be Kate oh, McKinnon. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe uh, that other the person that has long blonde hair. I forget her name. Uh, yeah, Heidi? she's funny too. Could be Heidi So McKinnon yeah, gets all the parts though. McKinnon yeah, it's is. True. She's amazing. Blast! She's I wonder if anyone's like McKinnon. No, they worship her. <laughs> uh, yeah, they totally do. It just—it's like sometimes when you're uh, like. Like when your sports team or something that you're rooting for is having a good year, but somebody else is just blowing it out of the water and you're like, mm, blast. You know, <laughs> that's what I feel like if, if you ended up having to be on SNL when Will Ferrell was there or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think McKinnon's better than Will Ferrell. Like good old stone-faced Fallon. Yeah. They're all great. <laughs> uh, did you, uh, no, did, go ahead. Did you know that Papadopoulos is... Uh, he's participating in a docuseries right now during his 12-month supervised release. Hmm. Everyone's doing a little documentary. Just they like really that are. Chick Kaiser. They're like, my life is falling apart. Let's film it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I would make do some it. money off of this. Firefest, the guy did, did the <laughs> yeah. little Hulu documentary. Famous or infamous? If you're gonna create, if you're able to create a revenue stream off of what you did or didn't do, or what kind of an a-hole or what an awesome person you are. It happens. Yeah, Trump's going to have a documentary after this, you bet. That's why everybody at <laughs> Cohen land was all the Republicans were like, you're going to write a book, aren't you? This is just all to get a book. Yeah, yeah, that's why I did all this was so that I could write a book about it. I'm glad that he didn't yeah, commit not to be, not doing not the book, though. That was like actually pretty brave of him. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, I'm doing a book. Yeah, so are that, you. Get Fuck that money. You. Yeah, the book is definitely the reason, not the idea of a reduced sentence and somehow redeeming my sovereign dignity. <laughs> If Jim Jordan asked me if I'm going to do a book deal after this, I'd be like, yeah, are you going to do one about how you let your friend rape kids? Is that your book, Jim Jordan, How I Let My Friend Rape Kids? It would be a number one bestseller for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Oh, God. Rule, what is it, 34? All right, we don't need to know any of that. (laughs) Guys, then there's something weird at Amazon. Uh, There's a book for sale on Amazon called The Mueller Report, The Full Mueller Report. It's available for sale beginning March 26th with a forward by Alan Dershowitz. And no one seems to know who perpetrated this hoax, which that has to be what it is because The Mueller Report is not available. It can't be for pre-sale. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, I don't think anyone's cleared that with William Barr. Uh, But if you would all kindly complain about it, that would be outstanding. Yeah. Because that is messed up. Right. That's a blatant attempt to mislead people. It is. And I, of course, Alan Dershowitz is involved in yeah, that. Gross. Yeah. Gross. That guy's fucking busy. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be talking about that a little in Hot Notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking creep. All right, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, Muller Junkies. We want to thank Beta Brand for supporting Muller She Wrote. Who says comfy can't be work appropriate? Beta Brand wants you to look good and feel good, even when you're at the office. And their new dress pant yoga pant features ultra comfy styles designed to impress. First of all, they're wrinkle resistant, and they have stretch pomp knit fabric, which is amazing and breathable. The dress pant details are all over these things, like faux zippers and pockets and front buttons, and they have real belt loops too, so you can wear a belt to work. And Beta Brand has options for all shapes, sizes, and tastes. They have boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, and more. And all different kinds of colors, including black, navy, gray, khaki, and then they have seasonal and limited edition colors released monthly. You have four lengths to choose from, and even styles featuring functional pockets. One cool thing about Beta Brand is they're really into crowdsourcing their ideas. They welcome feedback and they bring crowdsourced ideas straight into the design room. Shoppers can vote for designs and they become crowdfunded. They've had hundreds of designers and thousands of designs on their site so far. 
So I got my first pair of Beta Brand a while ago. I've been a fan of these clothes for a really long time. I wear them to the office because I was finding that my regular dress pants were uncomfortable, they weren't breathable, they were cutting into me, and I'm all about comfort, even if I'm at work. And they transition to nighttime really well, and they're very snug, and I really like the compression, and I, I think they just look wonderful on. Their cut, their style, everything they offer is just on point. So guys, visit betabrand.com AG, all lowercase, to get 20% off your pair of dress pant yoga pants today. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. That's betabrand.com AG, all lowercase, 20% off today. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, guys, Jordan, you have an update on Jeffrey Epstein. But first, Julissa, tell us what happened with Bibi. Yeah, on Thursday, Israel's Attorney General announced that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, or Bibi, will be... Netanyahu. (laughs) I remember those, yeah. That was definitely lobbied for by the Israeli government. 100%. (laughs) I think that's current. That's probably, like, really old. But, you know, it's nostalgia, so I like it. Uh, So, Bibi... Damn it, that's nostalgia already? It is, definitely. It came out, like, 2000, I think. The Cure has been coming up on my easy listening uh, station, but and I'm classic. like, mother of timeless. <laughs> no, okay. Like, I rage so hard to them. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're going crying. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so yeah, BB uh, will be indicted on corruption charges for one count of bribery and three counts of breach of trust. So kudos to Israel for being ahead of us on that one. And it's crazy because this is the first time that any Israeli prime minister has been convicted of something like this. And coincidentally, this announcement comes after a two-year investigation of Prime Minister Bibi. So it's not a total surprise. But the most bizarre part about all of this is that it's happening just six weeks away from the Israeli elections. Damn. Yeah, shit's Dude, that's great. huge. Mm-hmm. Also, why is it? Why do you say Bibi? That's his nickname. And it's funny because like, it comes up a little later. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> I'll explain. Isn't that his Thank actual you. name, Bibi? Well, oh, Benjamin. Benjamin's his name, That's but right. he refers he to Bibi. him. Exactly, yeah. And a lot of people refer to him as Bibi, too. Like, the people call him Bibi. Got it. Um, but, of course, he calls the charges outrageous and a witch hunt carried oh. out by his liberal <gasps> opponents. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar at all. And uh, Bibi also claims that prime ministers before him accepted similar gifts and were not prosecuted. Specifically, he said, quote, if it not BB, there's no investigation, <laughs> which is his way of saying a hater's going to hate or something like that. I just love how he referred to himself in the third person for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Dictators are just like Trump does that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Very strange. Ugh, um, and in response to the indictment, Democratic Israeli groups are asking for Bibi to step down, but not Trump, not our president. Of course, Trump thinks that Bibi has been a great prime minister, saying, quote, he's tough, he's smart, he's strong. Basically, everything Ooh. short of hang in there or we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah. And legal experts say it could take up to a year to process the charges and uh, additional two years to have a court hearing at all. So I guess we'll see what happens there. But either way, it will likely be a preview of what the U.S. can expect in the next year or so with Trump. Just seeing a president be indicted like that so close to the elections. I I think that's a little prediction for what's going to happen to us. I've been watching uh, Trading Places uh, this week. Well, I have watched it three times. Um, I've seen it a million times, but I, I, I think I tweeted out, uh, it was in the last couple of days, I'm like, hey guys, 
uh, I'm going to go. It was Friday. <laughs> you know how crazy shit drops on Friday. I'm like, I'm going to watch a movie. Let me know if something happens because I want to I need some time. Yeah. And uh, you reminded me of one of the quotes, one of my favorite quotes from that movie when he's in the jail cell and, and the guy in the jail cell looks at him and says, it ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. <laughs> And that's just fantastic. That's beautiful. I can't wait to use that in my real life. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We actually, we got an email yesterday uh, from a listener named Inbar, who's a journalist in Israel, and they wanted to say something about the story. Yeah, this was an incredible email. If you want to just read the whole email, I got permission from him to do so. Totally. Um, because yeah. it really, uh, it made me so grateful. Um um, we'll talk about it when you're done reading it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've got a little excerpt. So hi, ladies. I'm writing today because our sitting prime minister has been indicted in the middle of an election season. Though, to be fair, election day was originally in November, but BB moved it up to April, probably because he knows he's running out of time. And from where I'm standing, it feels like the Israeli democracy is on the verge of falling apart. I've always felt huge jealousy over your two term limit. I wish we had it as well. And so there were a lot of other details in the email. I can I can read the entire one if you want. That was just basically the uh, the main excerpt to come from it. And uh, they were talking about how they really wish that they there was a limit because this guy has been prime minister for Inbar, the journalist's whole adult life, and that's I think ten years. So it's supposed to be a democracy out there, you know, they're they're a seventy year old democracy, but the president can still just take over for ten years and become the party of themselves. Yeah, you know? and of course it it reminds me of when Trump said we need a president for life that would be great mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and it's like the the name Netanyahu becomes synonymous with Israel when that happens too yeah totally that's true and saying witch hunt that's fucking insane yeah it's like they're all doing the same play is Manafort uh working on his campaign by chance <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say I'm not sure like. but it sounded so convincing <laughs> and how does he get to just move up an election by what five months yeah that's crazy well, that will just have to go with it because they were gonna they're gonna vote. So, like, what are they gonna do? You know. Well, that's why I wanted to uh, get into this email because, uh, like, we I know that everybody thinks it's been two years. He is light. You know, Rome is burning. He's lighting the house on fire. We have to get him the fuck out. This is unacceptable. It's untenable. It's taking too long. Blah blah blah. But uh, to understand that we have probably the greatest and most reliable. Um, justice system in the world um, that we only that we have term limits um, and other things that the framers of the Constitution included for us because of this kind of tyranny that they were worried about specifically because of this kind of tyranny is 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 kind of why they uh, subsumed all that into the into the Constitution and into our federal documents and so you know I've been like really kind of disappointed and disgusted with our you know the state of our politics but. I think these kind of things and what Inbar is bringing up is a, a really good reminder of what an incredible justice system and constitution we actually have. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And even we have though to protect it. I was going to say, no, same thing. Even though it's being abused right now, the, the foundation of it, the idea of it is, is solid. And I, I do appreciate that. And just another weird similarity between BB and Trump um, is that apparently BB was recently accused of sexually harassing someone as a teenager as well, which I guess is closer to Kavanaugh. But it's just like there's so many weird little characteristics that come with these type of dictators and just seeing it in our own president and knowing that we are a democracy, but it, it could be an illusion if we don't protect it. Yeah. And it, and you can burn down the house, but the foundation remains. Mm -hmm. And that sadly might be what's happening right now. 
So grab your cat and your documents and get the, get the fuck out. But yeah. uh, the, the foundation will remain. And uh, if you ever watch HGTV, the country's got good bones <laughs> and a nice open floor plan. And we can rebuild. <laughs> so thank you for that. And thank you, Inbar, for writing to us because it is a really, really important reminder um, that, uh, you know, that what we have and is a privilege. What, what, what we fight for and what we work to protect, particularly our democratic process, our elections mm-hmm. at the core of it need to be protected. And uh, I hope that maybe we help in some small way with that. Um, but you guys certainly do by voting in numbers too big to manipulate. Uh, that helps a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. And then in, in regards to uh, in bar saying that, that they feel like they were losing hope with their own democracy. I, I feel like it is a lot tougher out there now. You know, they're dealing with it um, just in, in the heat of it. And, and we could be dealing with that soon, too. But in general, I feel like you say it a lot, A.G., the arc of history bends towards justice. Is that yeah, the, yeah, the, arc, the arc of the universe is long, but it bend, bends towards justice. Yeah, I really do believe justice. that. Yeah, and I know it's easier said than done, but it's I, it's just what I believe. It's the long view, and we have to take it to maintain our sanity and also make jokes. Yeah, yes. definitely. That helps along the way. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry you have to go through that if you're listening. That's terrifying. That's yeah, absolutely insane. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for that email. It was really, it was enlightening and eye-opening. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um. I'm going to be doing a hot note. Oh, I, oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, I guess I could do this. I fell asleep, <laughs> apparently, just then, briefly. Uh, thank you for that reporting, Julissa. Thank and you. And now, coming to you not live, <laughs> is Jordan Coburn with her story on Jeffrey Epstein. And this is just a uh, content warning. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't put any jokes in this segment either, really, because it just doesn't feel appropriate at all. So, uh, a lot of stuff has been happening with Epstein over the last decade, I guess one could say. Uh, but what's happening this week is Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta is facing increasing congressional scrutiny for those past actions as Miami's top prosecutor when he gave child sex trafficker and Trump friend Jeffrey Epstein an excessively lenient plea deal that also included not transparently notifying the victims of the plea deal back in 2006. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I and this is a very serious story, but I love the fact uh, that Jaleesa has in one hand coffee and in the other hand, <laughs> bubbly rosé. Yeah, yes. it keeps me balanced. It is nice. <laughs> yeah, One cancels out the other and you just maintain an even keel. Oh, yeah. I'm coasting. I like it. Oh, coasting. Yeah. I'm coasting. <laughs> now I want a shirt, but like a really dumb 80s style shirt that says, I'm coasting. I like that. Right. Yeah, just driving both hands off the wheel, one with rosé, one with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> or, or instead of, you know, how people, when you say, how are you doing? How, how, how have you been? And they go, living the dream. Maybe I think I'm coasting is going to be my new one. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I, and I know that this is a serious subject matter, but I just found that awesome. No, it's okay. I think that's a nice lighthearted start that will now begin our steep descent. Descent into madness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees are calling for Acosta to be brought in front of them to answer questions about this, which is awesome and huge. And thank you, Democrats. This, Even though this has been a bipartisan concern, though, pretty much since December, with Republicans like Ben Sass strongly condemning the actions of Acosta and the role that he played in denying true or at least what would look like him denying true justice to these victims. So it's 
something that both Republicans and Democrats have expressed concern with and said needs to be investigated. However, it's unlikely that Republicans will presently call for the hearings as it would just undoubtedly unleash a shitstorm on them really right now. So I'm not expecting any of them to really be allies in making a legitimate testimony happen. The questioning would either happen in front of the committees or in front of the House Women's Caucus. The outrage obviously comes as people are finally taking action right now on how incredibly awful it is that someone who helped protect a child sex trafficker is now in charge of child labor laws in this country. It's absolutely unacceptable. And sex trafficking. And sex trafficking, yes. That's part of his thing Yes, as the labor secretary, which I don't understand why sex trafficking falls under the labor secretary, but... I guess because you could, f- there's like some point at which sex work is Becomes a legitimate slavery. thing, and yeah. yeah, and then when it is not, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, are you working for someone or are you slaving for somebody? And that's right. kind of up to the labor secretary to decide whether it's legal labor, mm-hmm. maybe, right? Oh. Yeah, and, and so just last week, U.S. District Judge Kenneth Mara ruled that Acosta violated the Crime Victims' Rights Act by failing to inform the victims of that plea deal that was reached, which, by the way, only resulted in a fine and a 13-month jail stint for Epstein, as we've reported. A slap on the wrist. Absolutely. It was supposed and to be And it wasn't even months. real jail. Yeah, right? He got, he, yeah, so six days a week or something, he had like 12 hours of in-and-out privileges, and he got to like- Had his own private wing. Mm-hmm. And he got to go home at night. And he got a private security detail when he left. It reminds me of the jail in My Blue Heaven. (laughs) He's like, oh, jailer, should I use the phone in the office or the one by the restroom? (laughs) It sounds like a day job. Like, that doesn't sound like jail. It's called called a work release program. It's basically you show up to jail during the day and then you're furloughed, furlough or work release. Um, We have that in the blue collar community, but it's not nearly as nice. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. And he just got away with that and a fine. Mm hmm. Totally unfair. Yeah, t- a tiny fine, too. Wow, jail yeah. by day, predator by night. Yeah, and on top of that, his victims didn't get to ever even get a notice of the conditions of his plea deal or anything. Yeah, and that's against the law. That's one of the things that he's being right. sued for. But how can you, in good conscience, in good conscience, as the U.S. attorney, Acosta, release a man who is known to rape underage girls at night just to let him out of your sight he doesn't have an ankle bracelet he's not being monitored uh he is a menace to society and i sound like my dad but your dad's right um but that is a danger to society and and even in you know in the manafort case where he was tampering with witnesses they're like we got to throw him back in the clink because he is a danger to society mm-hmm. here's a rapist a child rapist who's allowed out at night yeah unsupervised. prime rape hours it's ridiculous prime rape oh. i'm so sorry <laughs> It's okay. It's just, it's, it's a, not a, yeah. a fact, though. It is. Yes. It is a fact. A sad, sad, really disgusting fact that, that, that this was okay with Acosta. And he's still the labor secretary. Ooh. Wow. Sorry, I'm mad. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. Yeah. No, and I mean, Julissa, you're absolutely right. That's like, those are the times that sketchy things I, I would imagine happen. Mm-hmm. You More know? often than not, probably. Absol- yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it, it's, it's like he is getting protected everywhere he goes. And Acosta also, back then when he was working on that case, there there's like allegations and evidence apparently of him interacting with Epstein's lawyers and, and saying things, you know, to the equivalent of like 
like not him placating them but them being like we appreciate you you know making it so that this isn't going to be like such a big deal in the media like things that are kind of like that that would indicate that Acosta was going out of his way to some degree to make their lives easier and then pull a sheet over the victims that is so disgusting Uh. yeah and oh I know what you're getting to I'm not going to say it. I always do this. I always step all over everyone's punchlines. Oh, and okay. it's not a joke, but I know what the end of this is about. And it's, it's totally important okay. and angering. Yes. And if it's not, feel free to end it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so now the Justice Department has opened an investigation into his handling of that plea deal. And now a court hearing is set to occur next week to decide if documents related to Epstein's case should be unsealed. And Epstein's lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, is saying that the courtroom should be closed to media because the proceeding will contain sensitive information that has been under seal. About me having sex with underage girls. Right. That should be at the end of that asterisk, asterisk, double Ab- asterisk, and footnote. Absolutely. So the guy putting out the fake Mueller report book has something to do with yes. the sketchy. I don't yeah. know if he put out the fake Mueller report book, but he does the forward to the fake Mueller report book. And he is the guy who, and because we've talked about Prince Andrew, uh, I'm talking about Epstein parties now. Right. Jeffrey Epstein, Trump. Uh, went to those parties. Bill, Bill Clinton, Clinton went to those parties. Prince Andrew went to those parties. Alan Dershowitz went to those parties. So, gee, do, why does Alan Dershowitz want the press not to be allowed uh, in those courtrooms? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what his motive would be. Yeah, mm. w- one of the victim's claims was that at one point in time, Epstein directed her to have sex with Dershowitz. So there's even claims. And, and that has been, like, litigated previously and stuff those claims because they've denied them wow i'm pretty sure they've been litigated and they've they've denied them and tried to like sue for defamation or something or the dershowitz ones yeah yeah but i need to fact check myself on that well if that's the case it it would make sense for him to sue since he would have been part of any immunity deal because one of the things that acosta the labor secretary for trump gave epstein was not just immunity for himself or non not not immunity but non-prosecution but non-prosecution for all of his accomplices so there were a bunch of old privileged likely white dudes who got non-prosecutorial agreements and immunity in that case and i guarantee you dershowitz is one of them yeah yeah it's it's just more of the same shit. It's just a bunch of people trying to protect the rights of these fucking child sex traffickers while violating the rights over the last decade of all of their victims. It's completely disgusting. I have no idea why he's allowed to even hold any sort of a legitimate space in a courtroom at this point, but I guess it's because there's no policies that would prevent it, I suppose. I feel like, though, if you're a accuse i don't know there has to be circumstantial evidence yeah like there has to be some level of a threshold for credible enough evidence that wouldn't get you in like convicted but maybe would not allow you to practice law anymore or like an indefinite investigation until it gets worked out so at least it's like an incentive to resolve it somehow right yeah Yeah, it's like when a cop shoots someone and kills them and is allowed to just like get back on the force yeah Uh, that happened by the way uh today in california the people who shot the kid with a cell phone in his grandmother's yard no indictments oh my god the grand jury is not uh prosecuting it's just not going to change until they change the language for what constitutes 
whatever term they yeah. have for I, I used to think or... these people would die out like racist or sexist people or whatever but they keep popping up it's like they're teaching their kids and their grandkids the same thing and it's it's scary it's like how do you get rid of that kind of like structure like fundamental problem there in yeah. the system yeah and I should bring up um, there was some confusion and I, I don't know why because I thought we were pretty clear on the point but i want to drive it home for sure in the craft case the a guy who owns the the patriots um they were saying uh somebody had said hey there that wasn't just prostitution um that was sex trafficking and i think that we brought that up um saying that these women were forced to be there and uh, against their will and they yeah were s- i didn't know that it was when i reported it so i made some flippant comment and then you corrected me and said that yeah you were pretty sure that it did include sex trafficking yeah so i wanted to really drive that point home and that reminds me also um and uh this may or may not be related but if you're going to send us feedback about corrections and we have a whole segment on corrections um because we make mistakes everybody makes mistakes we're not even journalists uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh if you're gonna send uh feedback there's a there's a way to do it and i don't mean to sound like you have to talk to me in a very specific way because i'm very royal no i mean and i'm and i'm just i hope this is just a lesson because i've had to learn it the hard way myself uh and that's a separate story for a different time but if you want to you you catch more flies with honey basically if if there's errors that we've made um sending an email saying i can't believe you fucking said this you dumb bitch uh is not gonna get me to side with you um kind of like our uh discussion we had about racism in the midweek episode yeah if you call somebody hey why are you a fucking racist the conversation's pretty much over right um not to say that that person isn't a fucking racist, um, but why would you, if they are, and you fuck them, the conversation. don't even have a conversation is not worth having. If you think the conversation is worth having, approach it in a different way. Um, and I, I just encourage everyone to think about how they approach people, whether it's their superiors or their subordinates or their friends or their business colleagues with constructive feedback. And I think constructive is the key word there. Uh, my way that I do it is I always open, and this is maybe just because I want to hear this, mm-hmm. but I always open with with strengths. I always, um, especially with employees, I say, hey, here's what you're so good at. Um, he, this situation that you handled, I think it could have been handled a little bit different. How about next time we try this and this and this? And I think that that kind of constructive framing and, and then maybe say another nice thing at the end, you're going to get, you're going to be able to have a, a productive conversation that way. Definitely. It's a compliment sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> compliment sandwich. Uh, and also, I probably am just getting tired sometimes of getting emails that say, you fucking dumb bitch. Why did you fucking say this? These are sex trafficked uh, women. And I can't believe you didn't even fucking say that. And I'm like, did you even fucking listen? Because I did fucking say it. Oh, and thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted to make sure that I made that point because it's... Yeah, that it, was my bad too. So you were just receiving all of my hate. Well, and, <laughs> and sometimes um, perception is reality. Like, even though we did address that, uh, if someone perceived that we didn't, per- perception is someone's reality. And, uh, you know, we need to uh, address that as well. So just, I really, really love uh, 99.99% of your emails to hello at Muller She Wrote when we make mistakes. Because the way you guys are like, love the show. Hey, this one thing, you said Acosta was an AG. He was a U.S. attorney fuck yeah, high five, you know, I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I'm into it and I'm into correcting myself and I can 
I feel like I can be more humble that way. And this might just be complete arrogance on my part, but I do think that there is a gift uh, in constructive feedback, uh, and I do think there's a way to do it right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, viewing it as arrogance, like, aside as maybe a little harsh indictment on yourself, um, I do think, too, it's like we're all sensitive people. We're all artists. So when we read stuff and it's sort of, like, worded in a way, yes, that's just, they're, like, coming at you with a spike. And it's like, (laughs) ah, yeah, it hurts. But yeah, I, it hurts. It's, it's but we're open to criticism. Yeah, we're just asking that you come with a certain Right, type we've of never gotten approach. a correction and been like, fuck that. I'm not going to tell the truth. Exactly. And if I may, since we're on the topic of uh, emails, if someone sent something and they hadn't heard back for some reason, just send a follow-up because there's a lot of emails, like an overwhelming, amazing amount of emails. <laughs> so just yeah. let us know. Sometimes they slip between the cracks. It's um, still we, just us, guys. Yeah, we try um, to answer them all. We literally do. It was just us when we had um, an audience of you know, a couple thousand. It's still just us. Mm-hmm. And now the audience is massively giant. And so we're trying. Uh, but uh, hopefully the uh, FAQ section on our website, com will help. Uh, but if not, uh, yes, shoot another one saying, hey, I went to the FAQ, didn't work out for me. Uh, then we know you you check that situation and exactly. we can uh, respond appropriately. Yes. Um, just to finish up my hot note here. Sorry. No, no, whatever. <laughs> you were done. Um, you were finished. I'm so sorry, Jordan. Uh, here's some constructive feedback, Jordan. Oh, no. You yes. were done. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I was just trying to... I have literally one sentence to go, so I'm like, I'm just going to squeeze this right here. Then we can just keep, did it, we can just keep it, going. I did it again. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. No, no, no. That was great. I think that was words worth saying and conversations worth having for sure. Um <clears throat> Oral arguments are set for Wednesday to hear an appeal by the Miami Herald Yeah, that has been doing a fantastic job covering the story. And CNN has said that the Miami Herald has single-handedly really helped move this investigation along, basically, and keep it relevant and keep it in the news uh, because they're doing everything that they can, not the Miami Herald, the sex traffickers, to cover it up, basically, uh, or at least cover the fallout from it up. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, no, thank you for that, dude. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, Julie K. Brown. Um, she received the Polk Award um, for her, uh, does it say Perversion of Justice? Yeah, that's a series. A series, okay. Yeah. I, I'm all, I thought, uh, shouldn't it be Preservation of Justice? <laughs> no, the okay. an award. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she's the one who's been um, forever on this Epstein case, and so... A high five to her for for covering this. We need these kind of folks and these local journalists to do the to do this work. Yeah, Absolutely. what do you call it? Cur- curate something. Curatorial journalism. There we go. Yeah, I've had a lot of wine and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to cancel each other out. I know. It's tricky. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, Jordan, you've spoken about the House taking up this matter with Epstein. And I want to take a minute as part of being grateful for our system of government. I want to talk about House oversight. Um, we're all we're all waiting now with bated breath for the Mueller report to drop. But we shouldn't lose sight of all the tendrils that this investigation has grown thanks to the genius of Robert Mueller and how he delegated the different aspects of the investigation into Trump and Russia. We know uh, he has granted his 17 agency um, employees, the angry Democrats, 
um, full power of the U.S. of a U.S. attorney, effectively cloning himself. So if he were fired or disappeared or got beamed up by aliens, uh, they can all continue their assigned cases without interruption or diminished prosecutorial power. He handed things off that weren't central to his charging memo from Rosenstein, the one that said he was to investigate crimes of collusion between Trump and Russia. And he handed those uh, off to the D.C. District Court and the Southern District of New York. Uh, And then we have state attorneys general, and they've taken up much of what Mueller hasn't uh, looked into because he felt it was outside the scope of his memo, even though nothing is technically outside the scope of, of his memo. But he, you know, He wanted to have that bulletproof case. And uh, we have his grand jury, uh, which was recently extended by six months, which has a lot of power on its own to petition the courts to release its findings to Congress based on the precedent set by the grand jury under Jaworski during Watergate. And now, thanks to uh, you and your vote, we have investigations kicking off in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives. So let's take a look at what the House is up to this week. First, we have Adam Schiff on ABC talking to George Stephanopoulos, saying he would subpoena the Mueller report and he would want Mueller to testify if he were unsatisfied with what William Barr makes public, saying, quote, we will take it to court if necessary. And in the end, I think the department understands they're going to have to make this public, unquote. We also learned this week that the House has begun holding hearings on the dangers of global authoritarianism. This comes on the heels of the news that Bannon and his nasty hands have been in a lot of pies <laughs> from Cambridge Analytica uh, to Brexit, UKIP, Trump Russia, Marine Le Pen, the Hungarian dude, uh, the Sverig Demokratina. Uh, and uh, all the right-wing xenophobic nationalist authoritarian movements, all those a-holes. That's pretty terrifying. So we'll keep you posted on those hearings, and I'm glad they're having them because that's significant. Um, Duterte. Everybody Trump likes, basically. Kim Jong-un. Yeah, I forgot about Putin. Duterte. Yeah. And the House has subpoenaed the Trump administration about family separations at the border, with Jerry Nadler calling what has happened akin to kidnapping. Jaleesa, you reported on this in the midweek episode for patrons. We're learning all sorts of horrific things about the policy, including it was on purpose to deter asylum seekers. They they intended to hurt children, um, that thousands of children are unaccounted for. There have been inordinate amounts of reported sexual abuse. Children are dying in these camps. And you guys make... No mistake about it. This is America's Nazi Germany. And we've already had indigenous genocide and slavery under our belts. Um, And they're going to make movies about this and they're going to write books about it. And everybody will wonder what the fuck we were thinking. But if you're listening to us, you're already on the right side of history. So just don't let the story get lost. Um, I can't. I wish I could like impart upon everyone the historic significance of this Watch Schindler's List and and replace, you know, Hitler with Trump and uh, the Jews with uh, our asylum seekers at the southern border and see how you feel. I think their I'm, whole I'm idea the of fascism is flipped, though. Some of them think that Obama is a fascist. Like, he's the real Hitler. I mean, I don't know how to convey to someone like that that Trump is the real problem. That's yeah, a full bucket. You can't add any water yeah. to it. Just walk away. That's a good yeah, point. Oprah think... said that once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did she? Something about, like, they're, they can't handle it. Like, the cup is too full or something. Yeah, yeah you can't add anything to a full glass. Yeah, or a yeah full you have bucket. to pull some out of your glass and then <laughs> receive. Dump some of your dumb shit out. Exactly. Make room Make for, room for shit. smart shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, let's sell brilliant. water called smart shit. <laughs> 
I'm all thinking plants marketing crave today. It. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be part of the plants crave it. It's fucking essential. It's fucking essential. Smart shit. It's fucking essential. Drink it. Um, <laughs> then we learned that the House Ways and Means Committee's lawyers are also drawing up the request for Donald Trump's tax returns, and that request will hit the IRS in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I bet my tax return that Trump supporters, upon learning Trump cheated on his taxes, will just call him a savvy businessman and brush it off. Um, but this whole thing, the House Ways and Means, getting the tax documents from the IRS on Trump, that was set, that was teed up by uh, Alexandria Garcia cortez Oh, yeah. And it was masterfully set up, too, because she's like, oh, did he inflate his stuff, his assets, and did that happen? And, oh, and he, so he wrote that down, and she was, and then she goes, so would his tax returns probably shed some light on that? And Cohen's all, yes. And she's like, thank you, check. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And now they have, they have reason from a, a witness to get his tax returns. Smart. And that was just brilliant. Her whole line of questioning was fantastic. Also, Maxine Waters, anti-Maxine, she has said that the House Finance Committee is currently working with Deutsche Bank to get the documents they want to see regarding Trump's finances. Mueller had subpoenaed Deutsche Bank, but then came under fire by Trump, who threatened to fire him, under fire literally. So Rosenstein blocked the subpoena uh, to save Mueller's job. But the House Dems... They don't give a fuck. So they followed up on that subpoena, and they're already getting documents from Deutsche Bank. They're already working with Deutsche Bank. This is the same bank, by the way, Cohen testified Trump gave inflated asset valuations to in order to secure a loan. This is the same bank that's been fined hundreds of millions of dollars for money laundering. So that investigation will certainly be interesting, and that's happening in the House. Then, of course, there were the Cohen hearings this week. And Stephanie Miller and I will be going over that in more detail later in the show, in the interview. But the big hits from the public testimony Wednesday in front of the House Oversight Committee were that Trump committed insurance fraud by falsifying the value of his assets to avoid paying higher insurance rates. And he committed bank fraud by submitting those inflated numbers to get bank loans. That's a federal felony. That's exact same crime Manafort was found guilty of by a jury of his peers and the exact same crime he'll be going to jail for. Uh, we also learned that Cohen has documentary evidence showing Trump paid off Stormy Daniels. Well, paid off Cohen for paying off Stormy Daniels, who did it with a home loan, thereby committing a campaign finance felony. Um, we also learned Junior signed some of those checks as well. And so did Weisselberg. And now we know the House is calling Weisselberg in to testify next week. And there's likely also documentary evidence that Junior lied to Congress about Trump Tower Moscow. And Felix Sater, the guy Cohen worked with on the Moscow Tower project, has been called in to testify on March 14th as well. <laughs> we also found out Cohen wrote nasty letters to schools Trump went to and threatened them, saying not to release Trump's test scores and grades. And now every investigative journalist is going to go after those. And that's awesome. And Fordham University, where Trump went, has confirmed they got that threatening letter. They said, oh, yeah, we got a letter like that. I love it. Um, Then there are a few peripheral investigations connected to the Cohen testimony. First of all, Cohen mentioned he heard a call between Stone and Trump about the WikiLeaks dump of hacked Russian material, which, if true, makes Trump part of the conspiracy. But because I think he said, oh, that sounds great. Wouldn't that be great? Boom. Automatically, you're part of the conspiracy um, because he had, he had been told if the, if the Russians contact you at all, you need to contact the FBI. Exactly. Um, so the not just the solicitation, but the acquiescence of being a part of that makes you a conspirator. Uh, well, Stone, upon hearing that or reading it, he read the testimony when it came out before uh, he actually before Cohen actually testified. Stone read that he actually texted and emailed BuzzFeed and Vice News saying Cohen was lying, which seems to violate his gag order. 
uh, although we haven't heard anything on that. Oddly, though, a minute order was filed this Friday by Judge Jackson in the Stone case asking for an explanation about a book he's apparently participating in that probably violates his gag order. And those responses are due Monday to Judge Jackson. Jackson. So she's like, write it up. Let me know why the fuck you're putting out a book about your case after I put a gag order on you. Yeah. She's like, go think about what you just did. Yeah. (laughs) And he apologized too. He's like, oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that one. Or I guess he could say it's not going to be published until my gag order is lifted. Right. Does that count? It's not going to be published until I'm in jail. So (laughs) yeah, when I need to pay someone for some decent toothpaste around here. <laughs> All right, then you guys, Matt Gates uh, tweeted a thread to Cohen, essentially saying his wife would soon find out about his girlfriends, and he faced really harsh backlash, and he's now under investigation by the Florida Bar Association for his conduct in the matter. Then Gates personally apologized to Cohen after being sort of yelled at by Nancy Pelosi, uh, and after the Dem Coalition filed a complaint that he violated the law and House rules with his inflammatory tweet, which said, quote, Hey, Michael Cohen, do your wife and father-in-law know about your girlfriends maybe tonight would be a good time for that chat i wonder if she'll remain faithful when you're in prison she's about to learn a lot love drunk driver um (laughs) gates was overheard by a reporter talking to trump on the phone afterwards saying quote i was happy to do it for you keep killing it in korea uh what a douche uh, and the House may refer this to the Ethics Committee and a possible criminal referral for witness intimidation and tampering under U.S. Code 1512. So the House is doing that, too. Uh, back to Cohen. Uh, Lanny Davis went on Rachel Maddow after Cohen testified Wednesday behind closed. No, excuse me, Thursday behind closed doors and said that Cohen dropped a game changing, explosive new piece of information. And he has documentary evidence to back it up. And then Maddo, we take kind of take what Lanny Davis says with a grain of salt. So Maddo had Swalls on there, Eric Swalwell, on Friday. He's part of the committee. And asked if Lanny was just blowing smoke up her ass. And Swalwell went, no. We were all on the edge of our seats when he told us. And this information is not something he told us in 2017, nor did he testify it, uh, to it in the open hearing. We expect him to come back Wednesday with corroborating documents, unquote. So I wonder what that is. Oh, and the House is also going to give Weisselberg, Calamari, and Lieberman uh, invitations to come and testify since Cohen named them when being questioned by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. I'm just going to call her AOC. And they want to bring in Ivanka and Junior about the Trump work based on Cohen's testimony. So the House is looking into that, too. Mm -hmm. And then finally, House Oversight Chair Elijah Cummings has written a sassy letter to the White House demanding internal memos from John Kelly and Don McGahn that allegedly show that Trump ordered Kelly to give Kushner and others a security clearance despite the FBI and CIA strongly recommending against it. Ivanka claimed in an interview just three weeks ago that her father had nothing to do with her and Kush's security clearance. And Trump said in an interview in January that he didn't have the authority to do that. I don't think I have the authority to do that. And even if I did, I wouldn't. Um, Cummings says all documents related to security clearances are due to the committee by Monday and or on Monday. And, and the White House hasn't confirmed or denied either way. But Kellyanne Conway has moved the goalposts by saying, quote, the president has the absolute right to do that, unquote, uh, which he does. But why would you lie about it? But the best part here is Abby Lowell. That's Kushner's longtime attorney. He's done this 180 on the issue, saying first, he said, quote, in 2018, the White House and security clearance officials affirmed that Mr. Kushner's security clearance was handled in the regular process with no pressure from anyone, unquote. But then Friday of this week, he said, quote, 
Whatever the accuracy or not of recent news stories, we were not aware of, nor told of, any request for action by the president to be involved in the security clearance process. And then, even later Friday, he amended his bullshit statement to say, quote, Whatever the accuracy or not of recent news stories, Mr. Lowell was not aware of, nor told of any request for action by the president to be involved in the security clearance process. So Kushner's lawyer is slowly backing away as the House oversight digs into the matter. (laughs) He's like, no, the process was followed. And then he was like, oh, we weren't aware if it wasn't followed. And he was like, I wasn't aware if it wasn't followed. Yeah. Bye. Just moonwalking away. (laughs) Moonwalking away. I love it. Like Northam. Exactly. Um, So those are just some things going on in the House right now. So thank you all for voting and putting Democrats in power that are finally serving the interests of the American public by investigating everything that was outside Mueller's scope. And thanks to Mueller for staying well within his charge so as not to give any ammunition to Trump that would allow him to discredit his investigation. And thanks to U.S. attorneys and attorneys general for doing their jobs and the grand jury to investigate what Mueller could not. And grand jury, grand jury, if you're listening... Please petition the court to release your findings to the House Judiciary Committee. You have that ability. You have that power. And thanks to the Jaworski report, you have a roadmap and a precedent. And I don't think the attorney general can say anything about it. We'll be right back. Hey, Mueller junkies. I want to thank Legacy Box for supporting Mueller, she wrote. I actually use the Legacy Box to send all of my mom's photos, photographs from all of the photo albums, and all of our VHS tapes and beta tapes, Betamax tapes, of all of our vacations from when my dad was still alive. And we got all that together along with all the negatives my dad took, and we put them all in the box and we sent them away. And I did this mainly because my mom is moving out of her house and she's retiring and she's trying to consolidate her space and save her space. And also because I wanted to preserve um, these photos and memories because sometimes tapes can become destroyed or get old. Photographs can fade. um, They get lost uh, and they just aren't as easily accessible. So if you have a box full of photos or a bunch of old VHS tapes of vacations that you're unable to play anymore because you don't have a VCR or a Betamax, become the family hero. This is a wonderful Mother's Day present, and I know Mother's Day is coming up in May, and you can bring back all those lost memories, and you can digitize them so they're all in one place and preserved forever. So what you do is you send your legacy box filled with all your old home movies and photos, and they'll do the rest professionally, digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. There are easy-to-follow instructions. Their website is user-friendly. You receive all your original recorded moments back, along with your perfectly preserved digital copies. You can get personalized updates at every step, and you receive up to 12 personalized email updates. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. They have over a decade of experience, and all the work is done by hand right here in the United States of America. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories, so visit LegacyBox.com to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering an exclusive discount to our listeners. Go to LegacyBox.com AG to get 40% off your first order. That's LegacyBox.com AG and save 40% today. You'll be glad you did. All right, you guys ready for sabotage? Yes. yes. All right, so today, Saturday, Trump gave a two-hour insane speech at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, uh, which Laura Loomer, by the way, was kicked out of, which pleases me to no end. Um, 
And even some of the staunchest Trump supporters have said that this speech that he gave today is like the weirdest speech they've ever seen. First, he was sweating like a whore in church. We support whores. And he so he either had the meat sweats, like hamburger sweats, hamburger sweats, or maybe it was Adderall or it could have been his nerve. He was maybe he's nervous about the fact that his organization, his hotel, his foundation, his taxes, his inaugural fund, his security clearances and his campaign are all under federal investigation, maybe. Um, but he spent a lot. He was sweaty and angry and he spent a lot of time bashing the russia investigation which we saw coming because he just failed spectacularly in north korea and the whole cohen thing is all over the the news um and so he basically said there's nothing to show for the Mueller investigation nothing just everything of mine is under investigation but nothing to show uh and after two years he said uh they're coming up dry he called it collusion delusion Another Stephen Miller gem, I'm sure, because it <laughs> rhymes. Uh, he called the investigation bullshit. He said there were bullshit. Uh, and he spoke to Melania. Uh, he said he spoke to Melania about firing Comey. <laughs> and while I don't think anything will come of that, he just waived spousal privilege by saying that publicly, which is hilarious. But I don't think they'll call her in. I don't think not that, you know, to belittle her uh, role or her or to belittle belittle her. Yeah. But it's just I don't think it's something. I think that was just an off-the-cuff remark that he lied about. And that's what's funny is 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 Republicans are probably like, ah, eh, he's just making that shit up, and they're cool with that. Um, so that was... In- Additionally, he said he was joking when he asked Russia to find the 30,000 emails that were missing. That was a new thing that he said today. I was joking. Uh, even though the Russians attempted to hack Hillary's emails within hours of him saying that. Uh, and this speech was a reminder that just because the Mueller investigation might be winding down, these investigations that have sprung from it are just getting going. And to quote Maddow, she said, quote, everyone told us this thing was winding down, but it looks like we're just getting started. So stay with us, she said. And I agree. Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Yes. I'm going to be indicted. No, wait, it's going to be okay. Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! I'm gonna be indicted! Oh, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna be indicted. I get to go first this week. Uh Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that song is, but I (laughs) felt like singing. And I am gonna draft. I thought I knew. I thought I knew what I wanted. Seder. All right, Julissa, who do you got? Um, I'm gonna do Trump inaugural. Nice. Hmm. I'm going to do a superseding stone. Old SS stone. <laughs> I'm going to do AMI. Nice. Weiselberg. Ooh, because he only had limited immunity, right? Right. Well thought out. Yes. Thank you. Indeed. I'm doing uh, Assange. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> if you're going to do Assange, I'm going to do... Pecker. Nice. <laughs> I'll do Junior. I'll do Corsi Plea Deal. Corsi Plea Deal. I'll do Kush. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Trump Org. So you got the Org and the Anog. Correct. All right. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Ivanka. Ivanka, for you. I'm going to go with... Uh, everyone's taken. Rando. Nice. Oh, bring in Rando bag. 
Do I have one more? Or, or what are yeah. You do have, yeah, we each have, you okay. each have one more. I'll do Kaiser. Brittany Kaiser. Yes. Head of uh, uh, the Cambridge Cam- Analytica. Camman, Camana. Rando. All right, sweet. That is the Fantasy Indictment League for this week. If you want to play the Fantasy Indictment League, we do it on our closed Facebook group for patrons to become a patron. Patreon.com slash Muller, she wrote. It's three bucks a month. You get everything forever. Uh, And the new show, too. So check it out. So joining us today for the interview is the host of The Stephanie Miller Show. It's on Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 to 12 Eastern. And she uh, is the... She runs the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Blue Wave Tour. Stephanie Miller. Stephanie, welcome to Muller, she wrote. Hey, Gene, this is the greatest name of a podcast ever because I am old enough. Absolutely, me too. Uh, it was that and uh, what was it? Facts of Life, I think, were my two things. So, <laughs> yep. And so facts are important uh, to liberals. And I think that that was kind of a good building block for both of us. Um, so let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about Cohen's week. What a week he's having. And. As we all know, Cohen met behind closed doors Tuesday with the Senate Intel Committee. Then he appeared publicly Wednesday with the House Oversight Committee, uh, which we all watched and ate popcorn to. And then obviously... Am I able to swear? Am I able to swear on this podcast? Fuck yes. <laughs> okay, because what a shit show that was. Oh, my God. Republicans are such stumble fucks. They came completely unprepared. I mean... How many gotcha moments did they go for? And you're like, wow, like, where are the boxes? What do you mean? And the really well, yeah, we all watched it on television. Um, but, and that's kind of my first point was the Republicans behavior in this in this hearing, because, if, you know, at first they were just trying to postpone the hearing and not have it. And that was all tabled and motioned and all that stuff by the rules. But and here's Elijah Cummings, who just took the gavels. Uh, thank you, by the way, for your, you know, uh, promoting uh, Dems taking the House in November, because that is going to be a huge part of uh, of the Mueller investigation, or at least the investigation into Trump and his uh, businesses and his crotch fruit. But uh, didn't you just think, can you think it during the whole thing? AG, you're like, thank God for the blue wave. This is what oversight looks like. This is what, you know, some sort of normal America is supposed to look like. It's oversight. It's it's their constitutional duty. I mean, and how awesome was was Cummings? How awesome was AOC? I mean, yeah. And all they were doing was uh, basically slamming Cohen, which is what you do when you're guilty and you have no other defense as you slam the witness. They didn't have, have any questions about Trump or uh, Cohen's relationship to Trump. They just were like, aren't you a giant piece of shit? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to prison next week. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, you got me. I know, that was all they had? Was he's a liar? He's like, yep, yep, that's why I'm going to prison. That's why I'm, I mean, here's the reason why I think it just looks so bad, AG, is he has no upside to being there, only downside. He cannot reduce his sentence. He can only increase it if he lies again. He has absolutely no reason to lie. I mean, and and so, and here they are defending the president who's on record as what, 10,000? times having lied yeah and and i mean it's it's nuts but you you had mentioned something i wanted to talk about which was uh aoc and alexandria ocasio-cortez and she actually masterfully set up she teed up the fact that the that the house uh oversight committee needs to to subpoena trump's tax returns do you remember that moment oh god it was fantastic and 
She was so like, yeah, mm, yeah. so might it be a good idea to see his um, tax returns? Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> like she just, I mean, she's the one person. There's not an attorney. She's 29 years old. And she set the table for not only getting his tax returns, but for bank fraud, wire fraud, insurance fraud. I mean, it, it really was. I mean, I, I am so inspired by this young, multicolored female blue wave that we created. That it is just, you yeah, know, and and she's basically living rent free in their heads, and it's fantastic. Oh my god, a right wing friend of mine just re- referred uh, to her as that little bartender girl from the Bronx, and I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with bartenders? Do Republicans not have a good time? Is that like I don't understand? Yeah. But seriously, and I mean, I you know, I, I when I went to college, I put myself through college uh, bartending and waitressing, um, and now I'm a, I'm I'm a PhD. So suck it you know like this is that's how we make money suck it you know like this is how we make money i i was like i i was the worst cocktail waitress we do and and honestly uh i would take the word and the ability to gauge people from a bartender or a waitress way ahead of somebody who went to Exeter and Harvard and didn't really have much of a interaction with the uh, regular people. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I was, I was going to say, first of all, the Republicans during this hearing, they were yelly, they were rude, they were angry. They had nothing substantive to say. They just attacked Cohen. Um, and again, they didn't ask any questions about Trump. And Cohen actually pointed that out. He said, I find it interesting. All of your questions are about me. I've already been convicted. We know what I've done. <laughs> the hearing is supposed to be about Mr. Trump. Yet none of you have asked me one question about that. And so he's sitting there. Probably the coolest thing that came out of this is when he said that he wrote threatening letters to Fordham University, Wharton School of Business and his high school, Trump's high school, uh, threatening them, basically saying, don't you better not ever release his grades or his standardized test scores. And now what's hilarious is that every single journalist in the country uh, that's worth their salt is going after those grades and those SAT scores. And I think we're going to find out what they are. (laughs) You're like. You're like, oh, just how shitty are they? Here's my theory, A.G., is I think he obviously uh, liked for his entire life. He probably welched on the kids that he hired to take the test for him. Oh, that's hilarious. So so you think he hired people to take his test for him and didn't pay him? (laughs) That's probably totally true. And I mean, we all know that Maria Butna was a college student and that Paul Erickson was paying for her tuition and also paid people to take her tests and go to class and take notes for her so that she could use that as a cover. I'm sure it's the same situation. Isn't that that every, uh, every love story, really? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, So Cohen also said a few interesting things besides handing over. And here's what it is. Nobody's going to believe a word Cohen says. And that's totally fine because he is a lying piece of shit. And and my favorite part is when Trump comes out on Twitter and says, Cohen is a lying. He's a liar. He's a lying liar. He's a piece of shit. I'm like, you hired him. He was your lawyer for 10 years. And he ran the RNC. He was deputy finance chair of the RNC. But, you know, good on you. Uh, only the best people. Yeah. But what's interesting is that yeah. it, it, and what's going to be really important here is not what Cohen says, but what he the documentation, the documentary evidence he can lead people to. You know, Mueller has that. You know that he's not just going off Cohen's word. There's got to be other evidence. And I'm sure there is. I mean, and the thing I love, they're the stupidest fucking criminals in the world. Did you see that Hannity probably has opened himself up to a subpoena now because he had Trump on last night? and Hannity's 
said, I had a private conversation with Cohen, and he told me that you didn't know, that he was just paying off Stormy Daniels, as you do, right, AG? Who the fuck believes that you just pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to some porn star without Trump? Well, did you see now that they've, uh, uh, they're getting Weiselberg to come in on March 14th, I think? And so he's going to come in and he's he's got limited or, or some sort of small scope immunity in this. And it's probably just for those right. those payments. And now the I mean, and, and we've talked about this before. Mueller is not the end all be all. Mueller has handed most of this off to the Southern District of New York, uh, the D.C. District Court, the D.C. U- U.S. attorneys and then the AGs. Right. The attorneys general for uh, for all these states that these crimes happened in so that the state crimes, which, are you know, are obviously unpardonable. Uh, it, you know, as, as soon as New York gets their shit together and passes that legislation. Uh, and so they're all uh, this 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 Mueller investigation has become kind of a it's like a cancer for Trump. And, and it br- brings me back to that John Dean moment where he's like, I said there was a cancer on the presidency and it's going to kill you, Nixon. Uh, and so we've got it's metastasized to all of these different areas and there's there's really no way to stop it as much as maybe i don't know i don't necessarily think that Barr wants to stop it or would try but i you know even if he did if that were if the case he's not going to be able to yeah right and let's take a page from israel you can indict a sitting leader you can this is like a ridiculous justice department what rule yeah it's like don't eat my lunch in the company refrigerator give me a fucking break this is treason I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, obviously there's rumors that the SDNY is going to win, you know, they, they think they can indict. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to prosecutors, AG, all the way back to Nixon, yeah. you know, Jill Weinbanks and others that said they, he absolutely can be indicted. I, I mean, that was something that was specifically to relate to Spiro Agnew. I mean, it was not, I, I, I just think, you know, th- th- this is, we are so far beyond high crimes and misdemeanors. I think yeah. that's part of uh, it, it. It's pretty astounding, honestly. Uh, and and that whole, um, I, I believe Neil Katyal wrote the policy um, about not being able to indict a sitting president. And, and he's even come out and said, you can. That, that theory or that policy was written based on a sort of shaky ground um, memo from the Office of Legal Counsel uh, who, who said, you know, you can't you you can indict a vice president, but not a president. And it was sort of based on there's nothing constitutional about it. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think more and more legal experts are saying that. I mean, I, I just I, I mean, I think AG, I'm still trying to get my mind around. Oh, uh, in Cohen's hearing. Trump was just implicated in this week. Right. And that's really, I think, going to be his undoing, not necessarily. Um, and, and and it saddens me because my whole podcast is based on the Mueller investigation, but none of this would have come to light if it weren't for Mueller and his investigations and what he handed off to Southern District so, uh, of New York. And so it, it, it all ties together. And then and let me ask you this, because I saw Lanny Davis, I think he showed up on the Maddow show yesterday, and he was talking about um, Cohen's Thursday behind closed doors uh, testimony and that there's new information uh, that he admitted to during that testimony that none of us have ever heard. And it has to do with obstruction and witness tampering. So I, I think maybe he was able to get those documents that, uh, you know, from when uh, Cohen submitted 
in written form to Congress about the Trump Tower Moscow, I think he was able to get those documents that were the originals and then what Trump's lawyers had amended uh, for him to say. And so I, I think that that is going to be hugely explosive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I it was all hugely explosive. And, you know, there's like there's I mean, honestly, like you look at all the different things like, you know, him saying, oh, my taxes are under audit. He's like, why wouldn't you really, you know, he he didn't want his hit to be audited. So Michael Cohen confirmed, of course, he's not under audit. I mean, it's it's one thing after another that, like I say, they're just. It. Yeah, I think one of the bigger ones is the bank fraud uh, where and Manafort was convicted, uh, pleaded guilt. Well, he pleaded not guilty, but he was convicted for lying to banks about his net worth so that he could get loans. And now we have documentation showing that Trump inflated the value of his properties in order to do that. And that is bank fraud. He did that with Deutsche Bank. And now Deutsche Bank, they hadn't. I remember uh, the, Mueller tried to subpoena Deutsche Bank and he was threatened to be fired. And so Rosenstein, I think, stopped that. But then uh, Cohen brought those documents into uh, into the House uh, Oversight Committee hearings. And now it shows that he inflated the values of his properties. Bank fraud. I always say this, A.G., but don't you feel like we're just in the biggest, dumbest plotted movie that we're just waiting for other people? Yeah, like, I, I couldn't even write this could, movie. Could this be any more obvious? I mean, when he said, when Trump said, when Trump said, you know, oh, he, oh, he said no collusion. No, Michael Cohen absolutely did not say no collusion. In fact, he said, yes, I can. He said, I don't have direct evidence of it, but absolutely, I, I you know, I think he's capable of it. And if. That Roger Stone call, if that's not collusion, I don't know what you call it. It's it's conspiracy, you know, the, the and, and Mueller's got. Yeah. You know. And we have all this even just just alone. Uh, Trump pressuring the postmaster general to double Amazon's prices because he doesn't like the Washington Post. That alone is an impeachable offense. Right. Right. No, I I had Tom Steyer on today, A.G., and I mean. I was of the camp early on, like, let's wait till Mueller's done. We don't want to look like we're rushing to judgment or overreaching. I'm like, fuck it. Are you kidding me? Like, we can't. I don't think we should wait for Mueller. There are so many impeachable offenses. What what is impeachment of the 25th Amendment for, if not for everything we're talking about? You know, it's like we've got they've got to do their constitutional duty. It, It is there are too many things in the American public deserves to know. I mean, they deserve. That's why. The numbers turned the way they did on Nixon because there were public hearings. You know, if, to be fair, they made every signal that they're not going to make the Mueller report public. You know, every move they've made, including to be fair, though, the uh, Electoral College was meant to stop people like Trump and it did not. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. what do we yeah. do about that? What do you think about Cohen? And this is still freaking me out. Cohen says again on Wednesday, he's never been to Prague. And I know I wish they had done a follow up. I wish they had said, why was your cell phone picked up? Pinging? Yeah, I'm I'm of the ilk that he was in charge of the burner phones because I think they confiscated like 16 phones or some shit from his office. So I think he was in charge of the burner accounts. And one of those phones was in or near Prague. No one said, were you near Prague or was a phone in your name near Prague? Uh, I'm surprised they didn't follow up on that unless, of course, they aren't allowed to because it's part of an open and ongoing investigation. So maybe they didn't hit it. Yeah, maybe, AG, but that's exactly <laughs> right. I was screaming. It's going to be fun. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch Nerd News with you when you're up here next this month because 
I was. That's what I was saying. I was like, ask him why his cell phone. Yeah, and was they, pre- again, they might. He he might not be able to answer that. Uh, but they did ask a bunch of questions he wasn't able to answer. So I'm I'm not sure why they didn't even just go there uh, as a follow up. But Cohen then said uh, he has over a hundred tapes. He's willing to hand over, and Republicans gave him shit uh, for violating attorney-client privilege. And here's where I was yelling at the TV because when that when that I think it was I can't remember who it was was yelling at him, some Republican, oh, you're just willing to hand over your tapes with your clients. You're just willing to break attorney-client privilege. And and he's sitting there like, well, if the chair of this committee asks me for the tapes, I'm handing them over. But why he didn't just say to them, hey, look, there's something called the crime fraud exception, where if you're having a, a talk with a lawyer and it's about breaking the fucking law, I don't have to, I can, you know, attorney-client privilege doesn't apply. And so I'm not sure why he didn't just go there. Right. I just love it because it allows Rudy Giuliani to keep saying the word surreptitiously. He would take surreptitiously. I don't know. He just spits more than usual. It was, his, uh, it was on a word of the day calendar uh, and he just kept using it. Do you ever work with those people where they learn a new word and say it 800 times? Yeah. And, and for sure, whether this report uh, whatever is in the Mueller report, we've paid a lot of money for it. Republicans and Trump supporters and Trump should want it to be released fully because if they think it's going to exonerate him, which is what they think, then why don't they want to see it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, of course, that's the whole thing. What you know, on down from why did everybody lie about the Russian contacts? Why are the Republicans doing? I mean, they're near hysteria trying to prevent you know, the truth and information from coming out. Yeah. That's not, it, it's not how innocent people behave, obviously. I mean, you got, you got to wonder no, who else, who fine. else is implicated and who else is, you know, Matt Gates belongs in jail. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's. Yeah. And, and speaking of other people, Cohen, and you had mentioned Hannity earlier, Cohen said that he has tapes of other clients besides Trump. But he but they're part of an but they're part of an ongoing open and ongoing investigation. So seeing as Cohen only had three clients, Elliot Broidy, uh, abortion guy and Hannity and Trump, that means either Hannity or Broidy are both wrapped up in some sort of other open and ongoing investigation. Or he's talking about tapes maybe with uh, Junior or Weisselberg or Eric or Ivanka or Melania. But in any case, I'm sure he wouldn't hand over tapes that weren't evidence of a crime because that exempts him from attorney client privilege. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, boy, I, I still think, Edgy, as much as we know, I still think, as we have heard, they know this, this is going to be devastating to Trump. When we get the, I mean, I, I think it's worse than even you and I probably imagine at this point. Because just think of what, look at what all we learned exactly days ago. And, uh, I, I, I'm taking bets. What do you think his SAT scores were? Cause he, he took them back on the, he took him back on the 1600 uh, when 1600 was a perfect score. I got like 1490 on my SATs. What do you think he got on his SATs? Like a 700, 6, 730, 740? We're taking bets. We're, we should put a we should put a, a pool together and do squares or something. <laughs> I re- yeah, I remember my um, a high school boyfriend told me what he got on his SATs, and I oh. <laughs> He's like, I got 900 on the vocab. No, total. <laughs> I think it's like that. <laughs> uh, no, both of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What? A, what? A, oh, what a, uh, that was the biggest. He, shock he only he speaks at a fourth grade level. So 
uh, what would a fourth grader get? We, he should be on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Can we bring that show back for just for a week to have Trump on there? Oh, my God. Oh my God, where he's like, you know, I, good God, he injures himself eating pudding with a spoon. I mean, it's just, it's like, he's really, I thought it was so amazing how on the same day he's exposed as a complete con man and fraud by uh, Cohen. There he is, you know, with Kim Jong-un. Do we need any more evidence that he is literally the worst negotiator, the worst deal maker in the world? I'm just happy he walked away from whatever deal he was trying to steal headlines with uh i was actually oh good he walked away from that should he have met with uh, a murderous dictator authoritarian asshole in the first place and given him a seat at the table no but at least he walked away and didn't you know lift sanctions and and uh, make out with him or something i don't know they could have done a beauty and the beast like erickson and Butna. they could have done a, a little thing i liked it i liked it i liked it um so here's the problem, though. Cohen did. I think he I think he lied in his testimony. First of all, when he said, well, he might not have lied technically when he said he didn't go to Prague. He might have been outside or one of his phones might have been there. But he testified that he did not want a job at the White House. And we have heard all sorts of public reporting. We know that that's not true. He was dying for a job in the White House. So he could actually be in more trouble for lying to Congress. So because I know that you said earlier he can only get in more trouble this is one of those instances. Uh, if he, you know, bore false witness to the House Oversight Committee, that's a a crime. Even though Republicans call it a process crime, and it's not important. Oh, great! So we didn't need to impeach Clinton then. But uh, that I think he lied to Congress in that in 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 those areas. Yeah, I you know, but I mean, is that really like relevant to anything? Like, I, you know, I feel like some of the potentially evidence he brought or Trump's crimes. This really isn't about him. Like what? I mean, I don't know. I I, I see what you're saying, but I'm going like, so you have to get inside his head. And <laughs> so much. There's so many other things. And then how about um, I, I think one of the best parts of this is after after his uh, opening statements and testimony were released the night before he went uh, in front of the House oversight publicly, um, Stone texted BuzzFeed and sent an email to Vice News about Cohen's testimony, saying uh, specifically about what he said about Stone and the phone call. And I personally think that that's a violation of Stone's gag order. I, I tweeted that immediately, AG. I said that is. I mean, how is that not a violation of the gag? And you knew you could. He couldn't help himself. I mean, it, it really. Um, I, I I I can't. I, I again don't know why he's not in prison. Don't know why Matt Gates has not been arrested for witness. You know, um, uh, intimidation. And now you're referring to the you're referring to the phone call. Yeah, the phone call that was overheard by a reporter where you know Trump called him from Hanoi and he's like, "I was happy to do it for you, sir. You know, you just keep killing it." I'm like, "Hey, I guess he was referring to his spectacular success in, with the North Korea deal, and you know." Yeah. And he was hovering around. He he was hovering around the committee. He was like walking through and giving mad dog looks. It's fucked up. Yeah. Now he's groveling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get these cowards. I swear the way he's groveling now, the way Roger Stone groveled before the judge. It's like this is what happens. These these fucking bullies, AG, all their life that, you know, they've got these Don Jr., all these smirky, like entitled. Oh, it just. I, they all can't go to prison soon enough for me. Seriously, they're just the hubris and the brazenness. And I remember Dan Rather said, like, Roger Stone mm -hmm. has always struck, struck me as someone that 
Gates never thought he'd get caught. Well, and Gates, too. I mean, he's bought his way out of how many DUIs uh, that his dad helped him with? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Finally, I just wanted to hit this last point. When uh, Meadows paraded out his token uh, black woman uh, staffer uh, to the the committee, just had her on standby. And um, that was absolutely horrific to me and 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 when he was called out on it he started he he was so angry he was shaking saying i have black nieces and nephews like you can't be a racist because your sister fucked a black dude um like what i don't understand just and, and and she even said just using that you know i have a black friend i have a black staffer he has a black staffer is racist in and of itself and then to counter that with i have black nieces and nephews uh, was just absolutely... I mean, it was... It, but I mean, they're just so tone-deaf, A.G., to the optics of it. The fact to have her just stand behind you silently, like a like a human prop, you, they don't get how like fucking offensive that is. And, and to go, oh, you didn't hear Donald Trump say anything racist, so he can't possibly be, despite his lifetime of racism and racist comments and racist actions. I'm just like... And, you know, and there's Mark Meadows oh, on yeah. tape. Oh, I retweeted that, too. Um, yeah, no, not racist at all. Right. Just completely normal. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. seriously one of the more horrific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're an upside down world. I do. We're in the upside down for sure. <laughs> We've been talking about uh, Trump taking off a mask and being Andy Kaufman at some point. <laughs> oh, I did that joke two years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Stephanie, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I can't wait to come up and and hang out and watch Nerd News with you. Um, Thank you so much. And everybody, tune in to The Stephanie Miller Show. Uh, It's Mondays, 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific, right? 9 to 12 Eastern. Where can they find your show? So uh, you can find my regular show on uh, stations around the country. It's Sirius XM on the Progressive Voices app. Um, Good God, iHeart app, the TuneIn app. Um, and then the Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour podcast, AG is going to be doing with me uh, this coming month. And that's available. It drops every Friday. Um, and it's fantastic. Our, my Happy Hour podcast with everybody from Martin Sheen to, you know, uh, Lily Tomlin, Carol Burnett. Excellent. I will be there with bells on and a glass of wine and we will have a time. Exactly. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I love that uh, I can call you up on a whim and we can talk about the Cohen hearings. I don't really have uh, a friend I can do that with. So I I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm your girl. All right. Thanks, AG. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye bye. All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you again so much for listening. Uh, If you know anyone who wants to stay up to date with all the investigations into Trump, send them our way because we I know we're Mueller, she wrote, but every single investigation that has sprung from the Mueller investigation counts. It's all part of it. It's all under the umbrella, the Mueller umbrella. (laughs) Um, So let them send them our way. And uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating if you have a chance. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash Mueller, she wrote, and we will see you on the road. You can get tour updates at Mueller, she wrote dot com, where you can also get like T-shirts and mugs and hoodies and stuff, which is fun. So you guys have any final thoughts? Yeah, just reiterating everything you said. Uh, Apple reviews are fun to read. I love those. Yeah, mm-hmm. and excited for the tour, definitely. Yeah, get your tickets if you're thinking about it. Yeah, I think we've learned our lesson for Largo. It's sold out. So 
um, get them fast. And yes, one star reviews are always fun to read, but don't make them. <laughs> yes, no, they hurt us. <laughs> they do, they do. All right, you guys, thank you again. Your support means the world to us. Be kind to one another, and we'll see you next time. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This ad was paid for with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted them involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.